All right, everybody, welcome to New Life Church. So glad you guys are here. How many guys are here that love Jesus? Let me hear from you. Come on. No, seriously, you do. You love Jesus, right? You understand what I'm saying? That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, my name's Jeff. Welcome to everybody at all of our campuses, all of you that are worshiping online with us, guests that have joined us today at all of our campuses. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, look, we are in week three of our current teaching series. We just entitled it Rescued. We kicked it off on Easter, talking about what it looks like to be rescued by God's grace. All right? And it seemed simple, but yet it is profound. To be rescued by God's grace is like the greatest miracle that has ever happened on planet Earth. Right? Because it's what... It's what transforms us from being people that are just going to live on this earth to being people that are going to live with God for eternity. Um, that, that's, an awesome, that's an awesome aspect of the, the price that Jesus paid on the cross and his resurrection that purchased our freedom right, to spend eternity with, with God if we put our hope and our faith in him. And so we were rescued by grace. Last week we talked about what it looks like to be rescued for a purpose. And that every single one of you is not an accident, but you are strategically put on this earth with unique gifts to be fulfilled by God and through his power to accomplish his mission. And today we want to talk about what it looks like to be rescued to belong. Come on, someone say belong. belong. To belong. We all have this desire inside of us as humans to belong. It, God put it there. We all have it. We all, we all want it. There's something about our significance that's found in who we belong to. Some of you right now are sitting in a group that you belong to, a, a group of friends. Some of you are sitting in a group that you belong to, uh, it's called your family. And these groups, they make you feel secure. They make you feel like your, like your identity is accurate, like that you actually have significance. Uh, we can belong to all kinds of groups, whether that's at work or at school. Even now, you can belong to social media groups. Right, And you just be connected with people digitally. Uh, but when we isolate a human outside of belonging to a group for an extended period of time, you end up with a person that has mental or emotional illnesses. And that's because God designs you to belong. He didn't design you to be alone. It's not good that man would be alone. Okay, So God designed us to be a part of a group. And we've, we've felt this way ever since we were just little infants embryos in the womb of our mother like we, we were having, having this sense of belonging he, hearing not even remembering but hearing the heartbeat of our mother and then you know when we were born where is it that the, the baby feels most comfortable right there laying his or her head right next to the heartbeat of the mother there is this like right off the bat this desire to belong and this desire to you know have this close communication and and closeness with other human beings and it didn't stop when we were babies. It went on through our, our childhood. If you remember grade school, you wanted to belong to a group, right? I mean, even back then when you were just a kid, you remember going out on the playground and, uh, and playing, which do kids still do that today? Okay, I don't know. Maybe they do. I hope they do. They better, right? Get a little dirt under the fingernails, somebody, all right? Um, so you go out on the playground and then what? You're going to play a game. So all the kids line up next to the fence right? And then uh, one captain is picked and another captain is picked. You guys remember this, right? And then they start picking the teams that they want. And you remember captain number one, and they go, I'll take you, right? 
And then you're like, yeah, man, I'm on the team. Like, I was picked first. And then captain number two picks someone else. Jeff, I pick you. And so I run over there to the team, and man, I just, I'm feeling so good. And what do you do? You turn around, and you face the rest of the group with the captain, right? Because now you and the captain are a group. And what do you, like, if you're still standing next to the fence, what is the first thought that's going through your mind? I hope I'm not picked last. Why? Because you don't want to be the loner. There was something inside of you. Nobody wanted to be in that position. Okay? We all wanted to belong to something. It didn't stop in grade school. It went on to our junior high and high school, our adolescence. And you remember that, those days, right? The peer pressure of those times? What was, what was driving the peer pressure? What was driving us to, you know, talk a certain way? Because that a group that we wanted to be a part of talked a certain way. Dress a certain way because they dressed a certain way. Behave a certain way because they behaved a certain way. Why? Because we wanted to belong. Our identity was being, you know, discovered in who we wanted to belong with. You go into our young adult years and even into our adult years, but I look at like young adults right now and I'm like, you know, there's this great significance on social media to like make a post, put a picture, tell them, tell the world about something that's going on. And then your sense of belonging comes often from how many likes did you get? How many followers do you have? You know, on your Instagram account, on your Facebook account, and there's this like sense of belonging. You move into your adulthood there's some maturity that's happening, and now there's this sense of belonging to, um, you know, to, in marriage, a sense of belonging to family, right? And uh, you're, you're getting it there, this intimacy in the relationship, this raising of the family, and it, it just never has left you, right? This sense of belonging. You go into your older age, and you're going to find the same thing is true. Why? Because God put it in us as human beings. It doesn't matter how old we are right? We have this desire to belong. God put that intrinsic desire inside of us. And here's the unique thing. God wants to fill that void. He wants to fill it with the love of Jesus Christ. The problem is, is that because we're humans and we can rub shoulders with one another, we can talk with each other, you know, we can feel each other's presence, right? We like the security right now of sitting shoulder to shoulder by some people that love us and we love them. We belong to them that we tend to put humans first above the, even the love of Jesus Christ. And as maybe potentially people who are following Christ, because I know that there are people listening to my voice right now who are seekers of God, who have yet to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad you're listening to this message today. This message is exactly what you need to hear you know, to maybe even help you make the decision, is Jesus going to be the Lord and the leader of my life? That as a believer, we can, we can still say, I love God, but still put a greater significance on the group that we're a part of on this earth. And see, when we do that, the problem is that humans let humans down. But Jesus doesn't, doesn't, doesn't ever let humans down. So our great solution here is to be rescued by the grace of Jesus Christ to belong. That means we have to lean into relationship with God more than we lean in even to relationship with one another. Jesus gave his life on the cross and defeated death so that we could belong to the kingdom of God, so that we could belong to the family of God, so that we could take our rightful place as a son or a daughter of the king, of the creator of the world. That's how he sees you. And we know this based on our theme verse today out of Ephesians chapter 2. It says this, 
that you lived in this world without God and without hope. There was a time when all of us lived that way. But now, now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. It's referring here to the grace of Jesus that rescued you to belong. And then it drives home these two beautiful pictures, right? Rescued to belong. And it looks like this, that you've been united with Christ. United with him. There's been a oneness with Christ. Why? Because you put him as the Lord and leader. But that could only happen because he gave his life on the cross. And he defeated death. To be united with Christ, to play on his team, to play out of his playbook. United with Christ, that sense of belonging to Jesus. But then it takes it one step further, and that scripture even drove home. You can see it, right? It says that you've been, you've been brought near to God. Like that baby, like when we were born, brought near to the heartbeat of our mother, we are, as children, being brought near to the heartbeat of God. That's where God wants us to be. That's why he paid this ultimate price. That's the whole idea of being rescued by his grace so that we could belong to his family. But unfortunately, many of us feel like God is like the president of the United States or the dignitary from another country and that he is unapproachable. You know, like when the president travels, right? You know, like when he gets off the plane, he goes into a community or whatever, there's this great entourage of you know, secret service around him. And, you know, you and me, commoners, we can only get, like, so close to him, right? We might be able to see him from a, from a great distance, or there's going to be barriers that are up so that we can't cross them. Some of us feel like that way with God. Like, how can I belong to God when I sense these barriers in my life between me and God right now? How can I belong to God when it feels like there's a great distance between me and God, Jeff? Like, how, how is that even possible? And I want to let you know today, it's through the grace of Jesus Christ that you've been given a VIP access to the presence of God. Through the grace of Jesus, this backstage pass has been given to you. That there isn't any more obstacles between you and God. There isn't any more barriers between you and God. Basically it's this, God doesn't have to do anything else for you to be close to him. He's already done it all. So some of you were like, it just feels like God's distant. God never, God didn't go distant from you. It feels like God's quiet. Okay, God's not the one who shut his mouth against you. God's not the one who changes. We are the ones who drift from God. We are the ones who stop the communication with God. See, there's only only a couple of things that can keep us from belonging to God. It has nothing to do with him. He's already paid the price. The only things that can keep us from belonging to God right now is our sin and our lack of faith. It's those two things. Sin separates us from God. God doesn't move. We move. Our lack of faith keeps us from being intimate, close with God, feeling a sense of belonging. We're over here trying to do our own thing, hoping that God joins us. God's going, I'm not going to join you because I've already done everything. I want you to join me. And it's faith that is required for that to happen. So sin and faith. And I love that because it's simple. And Jesus actually gives us the solution of how we overcome those two elements so that we can belong to the kingdom of God. Watch this. It's going to be super challenging for you, though. I'm just telling you right now. Put your seatbelt on. 
Because this one's going to take you to the deep end of the pool, and you're not going to like it at first. Okay? So Luke chapter 18, verse 16 and 17. Then Jesus called for the children, and he, and he said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. Would you read these next few words with me? For the kingdom of God belongs. Stop right there. Watch this, right? Don't, let, don't stop those children from coming to me. Why? Because the kingdom of God belongs to those, all of us, right, who are like these children. Well, then we got to discover well, what does it mean to be like these children? Because when you're like these children, the kingdom of God belongs to you. The solution, the solution is here. Verse 17, I, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. In this simple passage, you find these two components alive. That if we were to live these two elements out, the kingdom of God would draw near to you. It would belong to you. And it deals with our sin and our faith. Because the very first one was this. Jesus is trying to drive home the idea that it's the innocence of these children that causes the kingdom of God to belong to them. How many guys... How many of you guys just love the innocence of children? I, I love them. When my grandchildren are around, there's this, this like natural innocence. Oh, they can be little demons, don't get me wrong. You rebuke them in Jesus' name. But there is this like innate innocence woven into the heart of a child. You, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's very encouraging, isn't it? Jesus is saying this to you and me. You want, to, you, want the kingdom, you want to belong to the kingdom of God? you got to get back to the innocence of a child. That means that there's a part that you and I have to play when it comes to our sin nature. That there is this self-will with, within us that we've got to start saying no to sin or you never get back to the innocence. And if you never get back to the innocence, then you don't draw close to the kingdom of God. You're always going to sense like you don't belong. You're always going to sense like there's a distance. You're always going to sense like God moved. It's the innocence that allows us to roam freely through the kingdom of God and feel like we belong. Don't stop the children, he says. They just wanted to come. They didn't know any better. They didn't know it was like an adult meeting. Who cares if it's an adult meeting? Here comes the kids, right? And Jesus is like, let them come because that's the attitude I want from those who are going to be a part of my kingdom. Guys, we've got to get back to the innocence, and the innocence means we've got to get back to the repentance, walking in alignment with God's word. Secondly, though, we've got to have the belief of a child, the faith of a child. He was driving this home right here in this passage. You've got to have the belief of a child. You know what I love about like my grandchildren? You can tell them the craziest story, and they believe it. You go telling them a story, you know, and then they're getting smarter all the time. So your stories have got to get smarter. You understand what I'm saying, right? But you tell them something crazy. Like, look, if we jump on this trampoline hard enough and high enough, we'll go into space. And then later in the day, they'll ask you, Papa, when can we jump on a trampoline and go to the moon? You'd be like, well, tomorrow, tomorrow. They've got this faith that anything is possible, Right? And that they believe in you. And if you say it's possible, they believe it. And Jesus is driving home this point. He goes, look, the kingdom of God belongs to those who believe that anything is possible through their father. 
and that they are still caught up in the wonder and in the awe of who God is. We've lost our wonder. We've lost our awe. We've, come, we've become too smart for our own good. We've become too wise for our own faith. It's as if, yes, there is a wisdom of God and there's a wisdom of his word, but then there's this like, ah, like, whoa, man, anything is possible with God and I believe it. Those are the ones who are going to feel like they belong to the kingdom of God, are the ones who never lose their wonder and their awe of who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of God belongs to people who have that childlike faith. I told you, I told you you wouldn't like it. Because it's very difficult to get back to that. Once you lose it, it's a hard thing to get back to. Why? Because you've got to do some serious humbling of self to get there. You've got to get hungry for God. You've got to be willing, you know, to look like a child again in your faith. You've got to be willing to go back to that kind of belief you got to let yourself go back to those kind of prayers. And you have to, you know, say no to this, the desires of the flesh. It's a difficult thing. But guys, as you start making your move that way, guess what you start feeling? You start feeling like, man, I belong. I've been rescued to belong. And there's nothing, nothing greater on this earth than that sense of belonging to the kingdom of God. So let me encourage you today about the kingdom, all right? That you belong. If, you, if Jesus is your Lord and your leader, you belong to the unstoppable kingdom of God. Nothing can stop the kingdom of God. Not man, not government, not Satan, not time. Nothing can stop the kingdom of God. Like since, the, since time started, you know, for humans on this earth, faith in God has been radically lived out. And we, we are currently walking in the footsteps of incredible men and women who have gone before us in their faith. Think of guys like Noah, who in the midst of the most wicked generation that's ever lived on earth, and by the way, Jesus is the one who said, that generation's going to repeat itself again on this earth. And you can see it happening all around us right now. And it's only going to continue to increase. Then in the midst of that wickedness, in the midst of that abandoning the cause of who God is, he asked him to do something ludicrous, like build an ark when it's never rained on earth. In the middle of a place where it's never rained, not next to an ocean, just right where you're at. And he builds this thing, and God rescues him. What incredible faith. We're walking in the footsteps of a father of our faith, like a Noah. You're walking in the footsteps of an Abraham who leaves everything that he knows, right? All of his inheritance, he leaves it all, and he goes to this land. The guy goes, I'll tell you, where you when you get there, right? Just go on the journey, Abraham. And along, along the way, God asked him to sacrifice his own son. And then God rescues that whole scenario. He wanted us to see Abraham, are you a man of faith? Do you trust me? And then he makes this promise to him that your descendants will be as numerous as the sand is of the seashore. Like a promise. We're walking in the, the footsteps of faith like that. We're walking in the footsteps of the faith of like a King David, right, who trusted God, who wasn't, who wasn't perfect, but he trusted God. And as a young man, he walks out onto the battlefield and he takes down a giant with this sling and a couple of stones. You're walking in that kind of faith. You're walking in the footsteps of the disciples who went before us who walked away from their occupations, walked away from their fisheries, walked away from their tax collecting, walked away from their medical you know, practices just to follow the king of kings and to propagate the gospel beyond the death and the resurrection of Jesus. You're walking in the footsteps of the apostle Paul, 
right, who ended up giving his life for the gospel, but before that he went on multiple missionary journeys, spreading the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth, writing most of the New Testament. You're walking in the footsteps of a Martin Luther who looked at the structure of the church and its oppressiveness against the, the people of God. And he looked at that and he goes, we're not even teaching the gospel. We're not even teaching the Bible. We're holding these rules and legalism over the hearts of people and it's just destroying them. It's not, it's not propelling the good news, right? And be, on, on the backbone of a Martin Luther, you have the Protestant evangelical church that we are still a part of even to this day. We're walking in the footsteps of great, great people. You're walking in the footsteps of the faith of your grandmother and your grandfather. You're walking in the footsteps of the faith of your father and your mother. Come on, somebody. You're walking in the footsteps of those who have gone before us. We're walking out an incredible faith today. A faith that started at the beginning of time and has only increased, not decreased with time. It's only increased in its radical followers. It's only increased in its passion. It hasn't decreased no one can keep it down. It's increasing, and you're a part of it. You belong to a faith in Jesus that's so powerful that many have become martyrs for that faith. We're told in church history that 11 of the 12 disciples were persecuted in a way that tried to put them to death. And 10, we know of, were put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. We're following in the footsteps of, of Apostle Paul, who ended up surrendering his life for the faith of Jesus Christ. Those who knew Jesus best were willing to pay the ultimate price for the message and their faith in belonging to the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I'm telling you right now, this fact alone tells us that we belong to a powerful faith. Right now, today, if your faith is in Jesus Christ, you belong to a powerful faith, not an average faith. You belong to a faith that can't not be destroyed. And if our faith was worth dying for by our, by our fathers that went before us, it's definitely worth us living for today. Right. And that's what you're living for. You're living for a powerful, unstoppable kingdom of God that you belong to. But you also belong to the New Life family of seekers and believers. If this is your home church, or today you're just visiting with us, the local church was a gift from God to the family of believers. And in this family, we cel we've celebrated weddings together. We've celebrated child dedications. We got some of those coming up here. We've mourned the death of family members, but we've also celebrated their faithful life together. We've grown in our faith together. We've served in ministry together. We've prayed for one another and supported one another, right? And we have even blessed others through Kingdom Builders around the world together. We have done things that we could never do alone. And that's because God gave us this local church, right? But we can easily take for granted what God gave us. Isn't it true that we end up taking for granted the things that God has given us that are the closest to us? I mean, come on, if you're honest in your marriage, haven't you taken for granted the fact that God gave you an incredible, wonderful spouse? And if you're sitting next to him or her right now, would you just reach over and squeeze their hand and just let them know how incredible they are, right? Because they're a gift from God. They're a gift from God, Right? But we take, we take them for granted. We take our friends for granted. We take our family for granted. Things that are closest to us that God has blessed us with, we tend to take it for granted. And we only, we only come to a, a point of waking up when we end up in great conflict right? that has to be resolved. Or we move away. Or we lose a family member. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's when we wake up. But guys, look, let's wake up right now to the fact that God gave us a church and let's not take it for granted, right? When we forget the power of belonging to other believers and seekers, man, we're dying on the inside. We can't forget that. 
God gave it to us. God brought you to this church today. God brought you to this church family, by the way, if this is your church home. God gave you this church family for a reason, right? God has a plan to use this local church to develop his best in you. That's God's purpose and plan. And that's why God's word teaches so strongly on the issue. When, he says, when God's word says this in Hebrews chapter 10, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But let, let, let's do this. Let's encourage one another, especially now that the day of Christ's return is drawing near. That's some tough teaching right there. That's just straight. That's like black and white. And basically what it's saying is this. Look, it's a two-way street, right? And the first one is you. You got to lean in and actively engage to belong. It's not going to happen by accident, and no one else can do it for you. Like, you got to lean in, and you have to engage to belong. Or you'll always feel like an outsider. There is this engagement, this like joining a life group, joining a serving team, right? Not just being an attender. Showing up a little early to a service so you can actually greet people. Sticking around a little late so that you can meet people. So don't be the, don't be the last person in and the first person out. Because if that's what you're doing, you're never going to feel like you truly belong. And then you're just going to drift, right? And you're never really going to find a place. And God gave you a local church. And he probably gave you this one because you're here today, right? He gave you this church so that he could develop his purpose and his plan in you. But you got to lean in. The second side of the road, though, is that we have to keep making room for more people. That's a part of the mission of the local church. It's a part. Why? Because we're living in the last days, just like the scripture said. And the return of Jesus is drawing near. And I just want to let you know with conviction in my heart that just because you see chaos all around you, just because Jesus hasn't returned yet, doesn't mean Jesus isn't coming back. I want you to know today, he is coming back. Right? And he's only waiting because the Father hasn't told him, go, go get your church. Why? Because there is compassion in the heart of Father God, to say this, I want everyone to know me. I want everyone to walk in relationship with me. That the heart of God is beating right now for those who are not here, who are not hearing this message. And if we, we want to be a part of God's team, our heart also has to beat for those very same things. Okay? This is not time. We don't live in a time in 2021 where we get the, the joy of just playing church. Those days are done and over, and they never really should have ever been around. But I'm telling you now, we live in a time where it's not good to play church. It's a time to belong to the local church. That's what God's calling you to. Why? Because he gave the local church a mission to be a part of seeking and saving those who are lost, and every single one of you have a part to play in it. The future of new life is going to be this. We're going to launch more campuses. Some of you, you're going to need to go with us to another campus. We're going to launch more services. Why? Because more people are going to have to find room to come in. Look, there's room here, and there's probably room, you know, in the campus that you're at right now. But one day there won't be, by the grace of God, because he's still wanting to rescue people. And so we're going to have to keep making room for them. You might end up in the future moving to another service time on a Monday night. Yeah, how do you like that? Like, why do we have to have all services on Sunday morning? Doesn't, no one told us that we have to do that. So well, what if we do something crazy like Monday night? Because I know this. You don't have nothing going on on Monday night. <laughs> Your favorite TV show? I don't know. So what if we did that? I don't know. The future will tell us what we're supposed to do. But we're going to keep making more room for people to belong to the kingdom of God. Because that's the mission of the local church. 
So let me just wrap this up today by just asking you this question. Is there evidence in your life that you belong to Jesus? If we put your life on trial today, would there be enough evidence to say you're guilty? Yeah, you belong to Jesus. I mean, we know who belongs to a sports team, right? They wear the uniform. (laughs) And they play their part in some kind of synchronized unity. But do you belong to Jesus? God's word speaks clearly about the evidence of belonging to him in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, dear friends, I, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. Instantaneously, it says this, like, you, you don't belong here. You're, you're temporary. I, you, this, you're a foreigner. You, you, belong, you belong to me, God's saying here. Right? To keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving friend, uh, unbelieving neighbors. The evidence, right? Then, then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, then they will see your honorable behavior. They'll see your evidence. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. See, there's an evidence that we're supposed to be giving off. So we, we, you can't give off the evidence of God when you're, you've got a foot in God's ways and a foot in man's ways. It doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't be living man's ways and God's ways at the same time. And let me just debunk something right now. There's this false theology that says this, that if I live you know, somehow man's ways with faith in God, that that will be attractive and that will lead people into the church. And I'm here to tell you right now, that's not God's ways. God's word says that when we live God's ways, that in the end it causes man to follow God. That's exactly what it said. That even if they accuse you of doing wrong, that they will see your evidence, your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God. It's not how close to the world that we can get. It's how pure for Christ we can live and still love the world. That's where you're going to see massive transformation. That's where you're going to see people turned inside out. God gave us that promise. So he says, belong to me. Be all in for me. And I will make you attractive to this world like only I can do. Church, that's who we need to be. We need to live belonging to Christ so that in the future more can belong to his kingdom. So the action step today for everybody that's hearing my voice is simply this. Repent and belong. That's your action step this morning. Repent and belong. Some of you need to repent to Christ for the very first time. Confess your sins to him and ask him to be your Lord and your leader and start belonging. Some of you are here today and you need to repent to God for the sin that you're allowing to live within you. Man's ways that you're just allowing to live within you. And you need to repent of man's ways, these sinful ways, right? And, and belong to Christ in a, greater, in a greater intimate way. Some of us, we need to repent for taking for granted his church that he gave us. We need to repent of that. And we need to start belonging. We need to start, you know, you know, actively engaging in relationships with others, actively engaging in serving. Right? So we repent and we belong. Repent and we belong. That's our step today. And for all of us, we've got something that the Holy Spirit will be convicting us of to repent so that we can belong in a greater way. Just like that Hebrews passage says, right? We don't forsake the gathering with one another so that we can do what? We can encourage each other. And today, in our worship time, I invite you to encourage one another. 
How can you do that? You can encourage each other by singing. Don't be stoic. All right? No, one, no one's encouraged by how still and how quiet you can be during worship, by the way. But we do encourage each other with passionate following of Jesus. I am encouraged by the person who kneels down at a step. I am encouraged by the person that kneels down in front of the cross. I'm encouraged by that. There's something about that that makes me want to worship God more. There's something about the simplicity of raising my hands to him and just, you know, saying with these raised hands that I am little, you are great, I surrender to you. There's something about that that encourages one another. When I stand here in the front, whether at any of the auditoriums that I might be at, today I'm here at Kearney, and when I hear you singing, there's something inside of me that goes, yes. When I, when I look around and I see people passionately worshiping, there's something inside of me that goes, yes. That it encourages me. So let's encourage one another this morning, right, in our worship. Let's encourage one another to belong to Christ as we passionately pursue him. Why don't you stand with me, right? And let's engage with God. Let's engage with him right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that your word is true yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Lord, that you made a way for us to belong to you and a way to belong with you. First, we, are, we belong to you. What a privilege it is to call you leader and Lord. And Lord, also, equally, what a privilege it is to belong with you in the mission of making room for more to come, for more to belong. Or thank you that you rescued us by grace. Because there's nothing that we could do to belong to you other than surrender our life, walk away from sin, increase our faith. Give us that childlike faith this morning. Would you do that, Lord? Would you return us to that innocence before you? And would you bring us to a place of just believing in the wonder and the awe of who you are? We love you, Jesus. And over these next few minutes, we choose to lift up your name, to lift it up high so that the world might see that you are good all the time. Amen.